Hey, you Hanyaks, welcome back to another sports edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast, where we're going to keep it PDFG and make it kind of quick and brief. We're going to be covering more sports today, and actually in a little bit of serious matter. So we'll start out with just a glance. Now the NBA and college basketball are a few weeks into their season, the NBA... Uh, a little over about a month now. So we're just going to take a glance at the standings, not really tracking. Uh, First and foremost, though, apparently the MLB might be seeing a lockout happen. That's wild. Um, Doesn't really affect me much because who cares about baseball? But should be good times. So moving on from that, we'll look at what's college basketball look like this year. I don't know. I don't really keep up very much. So. Um, we've got classic Duke, uh, at the top of the rankings and we got Purdue, Gonzaga, Baylor, who those two were good last year, UCLA as well, Villanova, Texas, KU, Kentucky, and then Arkansas, somewhat of a surprise coming in. So, uh, for the most part, there's nothing too crazy going on in college basketball as far as teams that are, um, ranked super high or anything like that. I mean, BYU is up there at number 12, but it's pretty standard. Uh, Duke got upset last night by Ohio state. So make what you will of it. Uh, my policy is I won't really start watching until a little bit later in December and keeping up until, you know, things start to ramp up around New Year's heading towards attorney. So that's when I'll really start caring. But I figured I might as well just grace the rankings a little bit. Um, then we got the NBA. It's like, what, they're about 20 games in right now. So we're just taking a glance at each conference, what the playoff picture looks like, which now there's like two brackets because it goes to the 10th seed because you have play-in games and blah, blah, blah. And it's all crazy. So in the East, you got the Nets. Um, things are things are sh- shaking up a little bit. It looks like it's a little bit more balanced. You know, the West used to be super dominant, but the East has seen a resurgence in the last couple of years and is actually comparable, at least for now. So you got the Nets, the Bulls, the Heat, the Wizards, the Bucks, and the Hornets rounding out your top six. And then your at-large bids would be the Knicks, Cavs, Sixers, and Hawks. And if you're wondering, wait a minute, um, wasn't there a couple, wasn't there a blue blood or a couple blue bloods I was supposed to hear? And that is correct. That is the Celtics and the Raptors who are right there on the fringe, just outside of things. And uh, then the Pacers and then Detroit and Orlando both suck hard as usual. So move on to the Western Conference and we got Phoenix coming in strong. Phoenix and uh, Golden State. In Utah, Dallas, Memphis, and the Clippers, that's your top six. Uh, Then you have the Timberwolves, Lakers, Trailblazers, and Nuggets. So um, no real surprises here in the West either. I mean, the Kings are then outside the Spurs, the Thunder. Um, It's a rebuilding year. Uh, And then uh, now maybe in somewhat surprise, the Pelicans suck again and are back to sucking. And it shows that uh, – here's a hot take. I don't think Zion Williamson is going to pan out. I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to the next LeBron James. I maintain what I've always maintained. He is too heavy of a build to play the way he does uh, and have any longevity. He needs to slim up. Not calling him fat. I'm just saying for his build, he's got too much weight and torque being put on his his joints and his lower leg. And I think, he, well, he, was it him? Someone else. It might have been him have a Jones fracture or something like that, which is really hard to recover from. Kevin Durant did a few years ago, and he recovered. But And then the Rockets, uh, they suck again for now. So tankier for them. But that's what the NBA stands. Nothing too crazy going on. The East is kind of totally shook up, totally new. I mean, the Wizards, the Bulls, the Hornets, the Knicks, and the Cavs. Like, all those teams are in the mix, but it's still super early. And it's such a long season that this could all get shaken up. But that's really why I don't necessarily cover it or give too much thought to it super early unless there's teams, you know, like the Warriors who are going off. And people are like, oh, my gosh. And it's it'll all bounce out. It always does, and really you shouldn't start really caring until after New Year's. And so that's all we're going to cover as far as uh, basketball goes currently. But now, time to jump over to the sport that's just getting to the peak of the season. Football, and especially college football. Oh my gosh, what a week. Woo, You you got the mass exodus from OU football. That was kicked off, pun intended, by Lincoln Riley saying, see you later. I don't want any part of the SEC. And USC is giving me a ridiculous contract. So, you know, I, I talked to a lot of people and who are, big, who are bigger fans of OU football than me. And uh, 
and I was just like, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think it points to? And he, really, the biggest response I got was, well, he didn't, he didn't want to go to the SEC. He thought that was the wrong move, and that may be true. So, I mean, I speculate that 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 was probably part of it was that he was not happy with that, and then potentially there were other things that we don't know about behind the scenes between him and administration. Where um, I usually picture a situation where it's like. Uh, let me run my football team. And they're like, well, we need you to do this because boosters and this, that, and, and, you know, they're just concerned about money for the program. Lincoln Riley is concerned about the football side of it. And so, yeah. And uh, if you can't tell that Lincoln Riley is a great freaking coach, uh, just look at a, all the recruit, all the decommits, B transfers, C the fact that like four assistants followed him to USC. So, yeah, OU football, semi-imploded. Now, most people look at it and say, hey, it's a great program. It's a storied program. It'll be fine. And honestly, they're probably right. They'll they'll recover. You got Bob stepping in and being Bob Stoops. And so, you know, I don't know how he feels about the whole situation, but you, you see the trader signs all over campus. You see that classic, that, that viral video of someone throwing boxes over the roof and they reportedly that's them throwing out Lincoln Riley's stuff from his office. I doubt that is. It looked like empty boxes that you just empty off on the rooftop and it goes into the dumpster, but they're like, Bob cleaning out Lincoln's office. And I was like, that's really funny. It was really, really good. So yeah, I mean, this was all in the heels, literally the heels of Bedlam loss to OSU, which by the way, OSU might do it, might make that college football playoff, might squeak in there. We'll see. They, I mean, this, this, if there's any year, it's this year for them to do that. So it's all, it's all on their shoulders to capitalize, but yeah, bed, big Bedlam win. And then literally the next day, Lincoln Riley's like, yeah, you know what? I'm out. And which makes that press conference that much more funny because he was like, they were like, hey, what about this LSU position? And he was like, what LSU position? I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU. And looking back, you realize that when someone says, coaches have a litany of response. They have no comment. They have, oh, it's a great program, but I'm committed to here. Um, They have, I'm not going to talk about any other offers. They have... And then they have, I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU, which potentially indicates that there was some sort of inkling either right then or prior to, I mean, fresh, because to be so specific is hilarious. It's like Aaron Rodgers being like, I'm immunized. He's immunized against what? Uh, uh, Hepatitis, measles, mumps, chicken pox, all that good stuff, but... (laughs) Not COVID because it's not an immunization actually to get technical, but that's what we saw with Lincoln Riley. So I thought that was pretty funny. Now here's where I stand. I think the SEC move is wrong. I think it's dumb. I do not agree with it. People are like, we're joining the SEC. Yeah. Um, I think, I think college football conferences need an overhaul in general. Cause right now you see the SEC has like 14 teams, potentially going to 16 teams. The big 12 has 10, the big 10 has like 11 or something like that. And so it's all the pac 12. I don't know if they have 12, but it's all just out of whack. It's all these money TV deals and stuff like that. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to compete when you have the super conference of the SEC, which is all about to be even more super. And the problem is, is though, is, is it becomes such a gauntlet that it messes up my college football playoff expansion. Hopes of conference champions go there and are, are all in, and then you have three at large. Uh, because with all the powerhouses that are potentially being in the SEC, not talking about Texas, really just meaning adding OU in. Um, I don't know how to feel. It, it, it could mess up Bedlam, and I don't know. I don't like it overall. I would rather... I don't know what I would rather do, honestly. But it is what it is, you know. That's the move that they're ultimately going to make. So the Big 12 couldn't cut it for him. But we'll see what happens. Really, what I'm most upset about is it had to be USC. You, if you've listened to any of my sports takes, you know that I, I, I have a major annoyance, frustration with USC and Notre Dame. Notre Dame this year is actually good. But typically, those two teams get a lot of preseason clout. And then fall off the map pretty hard and end up being real mediocre. USC, especially this year. I'm pretty sure they already fired their coach. Well, yeah, they would have had to to hire Lincoln. Anyways, they – so 
And the thing that sucks about that is Lincoln is a good coach who's got a good system. He's an amazing recruiter. So USC is going to be pretty instantly good. And that's frustrating because they're actually going to be good now. And I was enjoying them not being good. And so now one of the, once again, the golden, it's like when the Lakers were bad for a few years and, but people still manage to talk about the Lakers and everyone still wants to go to the Lakers. And it's just like, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. But you know, that that's just the reputation they have built. So Let's see what else happened this weekend, because there was a lot of stuff. It was uh, the rivalry weekend. You had the Iron Bowl. You had the. Here's the thing. All right, Big Ten peeps, or at least Ohio State Michigan peeps. What is the name of that game? So OU OSU's Bedlam, Auburn Alabama's Iron Bowl. What the heck you call that game? You guys, surely there's a cool name that I'm just missing, but y'all need a cool name. Which, by the way, if you can't tell, I'm su- I'm stopped up still. And it really wasn't this bad. And then I start podcasting, and my nose is like, Hold! Clog the sinuses! And now it's really, really bad. Like, hearing myself talk like this, it sounds so bad. So, I'm sorry for that. You're just going to have to bear with me. And we'll have to make do. So, anyways. Uh, Thursday night, we had Ole Miss, Mississippi State. And Ole Miss takes down Mississippi State to continue climbing up in the rankings. Good job to them. Cincinnati then handles business against Eastern Carolina. They are, and as of, see, if you notice, I waited till Wednesday morning, till today, to record this episode, so I have the up latest college football playoff rankings. Cincinnati scoops in at four. Going to be the first, uh, what do they call it, group of five, to potentially be in the college football playoff. They got to hold out. They got to make it another week. And uh, to really see if they survived. But they took care of business against East Carolina. A good team, 35-13. Trounced them and made moves. You had Iowa skirt past Nebraska. Nebraska is the best 3-9 team I have ever seen. They've played more, more opponents close, tough, almost upsetting to ultimately lose out. Iowa survives. Nobody cares about Utah, Colorado. Uh, the battle for North Carolina. The Wolfpack takes down. The Tar Heels, so 34-30, close, tight game. Nobody cares about the Boise State. Uh, Arkansas takes down Missouri to go to 8-4, 34-17. So they had uh, really, I mean, for them, an amazing year. For, in general, they had a good year. They, you know, they come in there. They made the top 25, good for them. Uh, but, honestly, things look up for them. Uh, that coach they have is pretty good. I mean, two fake field goals in, in, in two weeks in a row that worked. Now, one of them actually worked in the sense they got a touchdown. The other one, they just got a closer field goal. Still counted, though, because it worked. And it was a run, of all things. So, hats off to them. Uh, definitely watch out for them in the future. They, you know, after I don't know how many years of being just awful, they actually are turning things around there and uh, returning to the old glory of ancient days of the 1960s and 70s. Yeah, then we got then we got the big... So, it was... Oh, it's all jacked up. It's not chronological. Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan, the big upset, takes down Ohio State 42-27. to Getting over their Ohio State hump... Jim Harbaugh has never beat Ohio State. They did it. Um, good job to them. It was a well-played, well well-fought hard game. Like It was a good game overall. Um, and, you know, looks like Ohio State's going to be out of the college football playoff rank or contention. Michigan is officially right there on the precipice, looking to get in after winning the Big Ten Championship next week. Oh, wow, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Is that even a real rivalry? No, it's not. Then, then in the middle of the day, we had the Iron Bowl. Auburn, Alabama. And Auburn. Oh, it, okay. So the perfect storm was unfolding for OSU to just swoop in and be be number five or possibly even number four. Um, and But Alabama, in four overtimes, Squeaks out the win against Auburn. They just outlast him. Auburn holding them to three points until the fourth quarter. And then they and they play more prevent defense. And Alabama just waltzes down the field, scores, they tie it up. <sighs> Auburn, you six and six devils. You almost did it. Almost brought Alabama down. I think that might have taken them out of it. 
SEC championship game, it definitely would have taken out of the top four. And if they lose the SEC championship game, no way they get in with three wins. If they do, it's totally rigged against the system. But um, an annoyingly incredible game with the unfortunate outcome. Then Bedlam, to, to round it off, all the big rivalries. OSU takes down OU 37-33. to It was a hard-fought, good game. Fans rush the field. Ton of fun to watch. Um, apparently, there's one in the field that is absolutely cursed at OSU because uh, both teams muffed a punt that was then recovered by the other team. Um, <laughs> on the same end of the field. OSU did it in the third quarter, OU, and then when they switched sides, OU did it in the fourth quarter. And it was really something to watch. So, good job to Mike Gundy and crew. I'm excited. I'm pulling for them. I'm actually wearing this new OSU polo I got uh, this last weekend. Um, my dad said it was too small for him, so I wanted to see if it fit, so I just put it on today, and here we are recording the pod. So, a uh, ton of fun, though. I'm pulling for... Oklahoma State to get in, but we'll see. There's a lot uh, to happen. So Notre Dame takes down Stanford. Woohoo! Nobody cares. <sighs> Baylor is going to the Big Twelve Championship against Texas Tech, uh, or not against uh, after beating Texas Tech. Um, Oregon doesn't so handily beat Oregon State, thirty-eight twenty-nine. Michigan State scoots past after getting trounced by Ohio State. Scoots scoots past. Penn State 30 to 27. BYU beat USC. USC is 4 and 7 and 2 and 5 in conference. So that's all about to change though thanks to the Lincoln Riley effect and I'm not excited for it. But <laughs> just cuz I personally don't care for USC at all. But it's fine. Wisconsin gets upset by Minnesota. So the upsetters, they finally get ranked high enough where they lose their upset magic and they get upset or it actually flips on them, turns on them. Turns out that is a double-edged sword. You can be the upset magic team and then, uh, but then when you get too good, guess what? The upset magic flips and it attacks you. LSU takes down Texas A&M to confuse the SEC more. And Clemson goose eggs. <laughs> Goose eggs, South Carolina, thirty to zero, to be nine and three and three and two. So, Clemson, once again, they're ranked now twenty third. Uh, good year overall, but not when you've been living the championship lifestyle the last five, six, seven years. So that was his last week. Lots of craziness, lots going on. Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU. Nobody knows what's happening. Um, which is interesting because this is one of the best years that Notre Dame had, had in the last five or ten years, being right there on the precipice of the college football playoff. The college football committee says they're going to take into consideration the fact that they lost their head coach, which they should. Say OU is in that position. They lose Lincoln Riley and all this staff. Well, he wouldn't have left then. They would have still been going. But he's like, nah, you know what? I'm going to head out now. So, I don't know. I think that's the right move is to take that into consideration. Now, I don't think it should be taken into too much consideration. I think if they perform aptly and show up, then they should get a fair shot still. But uh, Brian Kelly is kind of, uh, he had a big impact on that Notre Dame team. So let's look at what we have to look forward to this week. This is uh, this should be championship time, folks. Here we go. Here we go. Friday, December 3rd. You got, I guess that's the Pac-12 championship in Las Vegas. You got Oregon taking on Utah. If I remember correctly, Utah already upset Oregon once. Let's see if they can do it again. The rematch. Pac-12 championship game. So uh, that one's actually one I would watch again. Just in hopes that Oregon gets upset again and gets knocked down another peg in Utah. Go Utes. Then Saturday, starting in the morn, in Arlington, Texas, the Big 12 championship. Baylor, number nine Baylor against number five Oklahoma State. Oh, wait, hold on. I need to talk about rankings. I am so sorry. Here we go. Here we go. So these are our rankings currently. Georgia Georgia stays with that. Michigan, bunny hops all the way up to number two, moving up three spots. Alabama drops to three, as they should. Cincinnati scoots in it or stays right at four. Oklahoma State jumps up to number five, being right on the edge, right on the verge. Can't they get in? Notre Dame is number six. Ohio State drops to seven. Ole Miss is up at eight. Baylor is now uh, dropped down to number nine. Oh, I didn't realize this. 
And then, then you have uh, Oklahoma dropping all the way to 14. Let's see. There's That's really kind of no one. I mean, everyone else just kind of bumped themselves up. It was nothing crazy. Texas A&M dropped 10 spots <laughs> to 25. Oh, boy. Tough year for them. But everyone else kind of stayed where they're at or just moved up one or two spots. Uh, so that's where it stands, though. That is where it stands. We're going to see what happens. All right. So back to it. My apologies on the discombobulation. I blame my nose. All right, then we have the Mountain West Championship game. I know this is the game that we've all been waiting for. 2 p.m. on Fox. Utah State and San- unranked Utah State takes on San Diego State. I didn't even know Utah had a state school. I mean, sure, every state has a state school, but it was one of those where it's like literally never heard a thing about them. They're having a good year, though. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just want to touch on this. Uh, OSU is a five and a half point favorite in that game against Baylor. They beat them in a barn burner in Stillwater. Now they're in Arlington, so it's a little bit closer to Waco. Uh, I don't know what to make of this, but it'll be exciting either way. Tickets as low as $70. Hold on now. Do I need to be in Arlington on Saturday? I don't know. All right, moving on. Then the Sunbelt Conference, you have Appalachian State in Louisiana. Nobody cares. Moving on. Really, 3 p.m. is the big slate. The the almost, some might say, the actual just college football championship in the form of a conference championship game. That is the SEC championship game. Number one, Georgia. Number three, Alabama. Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. It's being played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So that's going to be a wild one. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch. It's going to be really, in some ways, it could be considered the national championship game. Uh, you know, we'll just see how the college football playoff pans out. And if we look back and, you know, the college football playoff was blowout and then blowout and it's an easy road for Georgia. They look back at this and say, and Alabama was the toughest game that they played all year. Then we say, yeah, that was probably the actual championship. Then Cincinnati's got to go down and show out against Houston. They're a 10.5-point favorite. They need to cover that at the very least. They're both 8-0 in their conference, the American Athletic Conference. And um, Houston is 11-1 since he's obviously 12-0. It's being played in Cincinnati, so it's going to be lit there. See if they can hold on to their college football playoff hopes, break the mold, be the first non-Power 5 team to make it into college football playoff. I'm pulling for them, but at the same time, I'd rather OSU make it. So if they need to lose. Now, see, so here's what, here's how this breakdown. Bama loses. Uh, real question is, do they get bounced out of the top four? I think it just depends on what happens, right? If Oklahoma State loses, then no. And if Notre Dame loses, no. Or Notre Dame's not playing. Sorry. So it's it's really a discombobulation of, uh, uh, of weird sorts. But then, you know, if Michigan loses, I don't know. So there's lots of different options. I hope that, that Alabama loses. And Cincy wins, Oklahoma State wins, they both scoot in, Bama moves to five, and that's our college football playoff. That's what I'm feeling, right? Michigan and Iowa face off the Big Ten Championship game. Iowa, who is really leveled out, but Michigan do not underestimate their ability to screw things up. To quote Barack Obama talking about Joe Biden, uh, uh, allegedly, I don't know, eight years ago when he was vice president. And so, yeah, Michigan, you got over, <clears throat> you got over the first big hump. It's kind of like East Carol- Coastal Carolina, if you guys remember. They're, they were not able to get over that first big hump, which is Appalachian State. Once they get over that, maybe they come back. Maybe then they you know, crack the top ten. Maybe then <clears throat> they join the ranks of Cincinnati and competing to try and make it into the playoff. But there's a bit of a long road. So, Michigan, this is the next hump. Now win the Big Ten Championship game. Then... Then we'll talk. Then then see what see what happens in the playoff, right? I don't know. If there's any year for you guys to make some serious moves and, and play for a chip, it is this year. So, Iowa, will they rise to the occasion? I don't know what's going on with that team. They managed to come back and scoot back against Nebraska, but that's literally, I mean, that's like the agreement. Though. It's like, like, all right, Nebraska, we're going to let you look like it's an upset, but then you let us ultimately win. So it's a good game for everybody, but sorry, you're not winning this year. And they're like, okay, cool. And then that's the agreement. Uh, so yeah, who knows? Then you the ACC championship game coming in the evening as well. Pittsburgh and Wake Forest, 15 versus 16. Nothing really on the line except for pride and a better bowl game. Uh, let's go deep in Deacons, I guess, right? 
uh, see if they could score a basketball game. The over-under is 72.5. That is by far the, the, the tallest line of them all. And that is wild. So we'll just see what happens there. But what are your favorite games this week? What are you looking forward to? What uh, what do you think is going to happen? Here's my here's my here's how I think it's going to pan out. Right? I think Michigan is going to win. They're going to stay at number two. Alabama is going to lose. Um, Cincinnati is going to win. Oklahoma State's going to win. So Bama's going to drop to I don't know five, six, or seven. Who really cares? Cincinnati's going to go to three, Oklahoma State to four, and that's going to be your college football playoff. You're going to have Georgia and Cincy, Michigan and Oklahoma State playing, and that'll and my hope is that that OSU makes a run to the championship. Now, I will maintain that this year is Georgia's championship to lose. That means they have it essentially locked away, locked up. Locked in, secured, whatever you want to say, it they've got it. It is theirs to lose. They are far and away the best team this year. They've got it all. They're firing on all twelve of their eight cylinders. Yeah, yeah, that's how good they are. And so it's it's really theirs to lose. And everyone else is really going to have to play the game of their life to beat them. So. That's what I want to see pan out. Now, if Georgia loses to Alabama, then I don't know what's going to happen. Everything's going to be thrown into a whirlwind, right? Would that put Georgia? Because Georgia and Cincy are the only undefeated teams. Everyone else already has one loss. So what would that do to the rankings? I don't know, and I really don't want to think about it that much, right? So let's say this. Let's say Georgia loses. Michigan loses. Cincy wins. Oklahoma State wins. What is going to happen? I think I think I think if Michigan loses to Iowa, they definitely fall out of contention, right? If Georgia loses, though, do they just flip flop? Does Bama move up to number two and Georgia fall to number three? And then, or you know, I I don't know. I have no idea what would happen now if Georgia's the only one who loses. Then Michigan just move. Then everyone moves up, and I think uh, I think that they'll probably bounce Cincy out, even if Cincy wins. Um, which means they'd be an undefeated team outside of the playoff football. Like, because to me, when three beats one, that's not enough for one to drop out of contention. Um, you know, at worst, they just drop to number four. But I guess, I guess we just do a quick shuffling. So since, so that would keep OSU out, right? You just see Georgia move to number four, Michigan one, Alabama two, Cincy three, bada bing, bada boom. And then it just, oh, just everyone's a little bit ranked a little bit differently. So, which would suck for OSU because that would keep them out. So we need either multiple, we need, I don't know. I don't know what we need to happen. I'm not an expert here. You tell me, what do you think is going to happen? What do you want to happen? And who do you want to win the national championship? I obviously want OSU or Cincy to win the national championship. And that's who I'm pulling for. Those two teams, OSU first then Cincy second, just because it's not Georgia, not Alabama. And then why would I care about Michigan, right? My best friend's an Ohio State fan, so out of, so Seth, out of, uh, oh, what's the word? Why can't I think of this word, right? Out of respect for our friendship, I feel I'm obligated to not cheer for Michigan here. So that's what I'm looking at, right? All right, that's enough on the college football front. We've taken up way too much time, but that's where we're at right now. We're at the end of the season, bowl games are going to get announced. And uh, we're going to have the final rankings come out, I guess, shoot next week. So we'll be closing out college football. So we might do just a standalone college football episode. I don't know. You tell me. I'm going to try and get through this without sniffling uh, as much as possible. I'm just going to get snot all over my hands. So good luck, everyone. All right, let's shift gears to the NFL. Um, It continues to just be a very, very strange league. Uh, Let's check in via the pigskin pick'em. I am still in second place behind. It's your boy. He he is wow. Got he scored eighty. Wait, hold on, that's not the right thing. Hold on. Wait, we we nine. We, uh, so last week we tied. We both scored seventy, and the skunk line is in third, just behind me. We um, I have one more in the win and two more in the loss. So we both have seventy. Um, it's your boy and me, uh, the head Hanyak. We scored 70 points. So I'm right. He's 98 and 65. I'm 96 and 67. He's got 980. I've got 960. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. It's going to come down to the wire. Let's see how I did this last week. All right. 
Oh boy, 70 points, which means it was kind of a rough week, but that was tied for the best most points scored this week out of us three. So we did uh, we did all right. Everyone sucked this week, and it's fine. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll start. We'll, let's look at these Thanksgiving games. All right, we have the Bears taking down the hairless Lions, 16 to 14. Nothing interesting going there. Two trash teams going up against each other. <clears throat> and making the best of it. So, nothing to watch. Didn't watch a lick of that game, really. Then I watched some of the Raiders-Cowboys game, and what a confusing game it was. The Raiders came away with the win, 36-33. to Oh, my gosh. So, I picked the Cowboys. Mistakenly, this is my nightmare. When I decide to pick the stupid Cowboys and they stupid lose, and it's like, dang it, I should have picked against them, but the Raiders are just as confusing to watch. So, I don't know what's going on. This was rocking a hard place here, all right? I, I wish this game just would have got canceled, but the Cowboys lose, continuing to disappoint and not perform. So, surprise, surprise. To anybody who's surprised out there, you're an idiot. Um, I, I, I saw this coming a mile away. They start out the season hot. They're good. They're seven and four or they're seven and three, right? And they lose a few games in a row and they mellow out mid season. And then they kind of flounder right at the end of the season to possibly leave the door open for them to not win the NFC East. And at best make the playoffs only to get bounced out in the first round. That will be my prediction if they make the playoffs somehow, but I could definitely see them scooting their way. Right out of the playoffs because guess what? This year is a tighter race than we've seen in a long time. There's a lot of teams in the hunt. There's a lot of teams that are that that are you know pretty close in wins and losses. So there aren't there aren't a bunch of teams who are just blowing everybody out. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of parody. All right, moving on. So then I picked the Bills over the Saints. That was the right call, thirty-one to six. The Bills game back their form. Then the Bengals took the Steelers to town. Holy crap, forty-one to ten. They showed up. Starting their defense was a good move. Joey Burrow and crew are trying to make a push for the playoffs. Hope, hopefully they make it. Got that pick right. Sadly, the Colts were not able to upset the Bucks. Carson Wentz was red hot, and then he threw a couple picks. I didn't watch any of this game, but the Bucks pulled the scooted by 38-31. Thought I had that upset picked, and I almost did, but they managed to come back. Tom Brady, what are you supposed to do? The Panthers. Um, I had too much faith in them. The Dolphins took him down 33 to 10. Cam's back. Yep, he's back all right to mediocre, to not being amazing. That magic, that comeback magic that he had for the last two weeks is already worn off. And uh, the Panthers are wallowing in mediocrity. So I won't make that mistake again. The Dolphins are better than we think I don't know they're also five and seven so what are you supposed to do with that right New England is really finding their stride uh guess what folks it's now December which means they turn it up again uh, that is the intensity level Mac Jones continues to find his stride they take down the Titans 36 to 13 the Titans who to be fair had their legs cut off in the form of Derrick Henry being gone for the season. So they they go, wait a minute, we have to rely on Tannehill as a passer, as like a gunslinger type passer? Yeah, we're screwed. I mean, Tannehill's good. He's good. But without 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 the ox, the anchor that is Derrick Henry, what are you supposed to do? I mean, he's got receivers and stuff. So they're just, they're just built to really function off the run and the play action. They've got some receivers and talent, but... To be frank, they do not have the the quarterback talent that is needed for like an Aaron Rodgers who can go out there and gunsling you to a win. So they're still eight and four. I don't know what's going to happen to them. Guess who else is eight and four? The Patriots. Oh my gosh! All right, then in our first and then a Hyper Bowl that I forgot to mention properly is a Hyper Bowl. The Eagles and the Giants duke it out like two. It's like watching a boxing match between two people without arms. Um. <laughs> the Eagles lose 7-13 to in an uneventful, annoyingly annoying game that proved where the pendulum swing back, swung back the other way in terms of Jalen Hurts. 
we we saw that oh when you actually have to rely on his passing and you need him to sling it 20 to 25 times guess what happens he only threw three interceptions but he wanted to throw as in he almost threw five and no touchdowns and so essentially we're playing with the running back at quarterback um, because if you look at all all the really good games where the Eagles look really good, guess what they did? They ran the ball a bunch. Jalen split uh, split rushing yard. He ran a bunch. Our running backs ran a bunch, and it was it was a bunch of running. And he threw it like seventeen times. I think was the most that he's thrown in one of those good wins. And that's a really low number. And he only threw for like one hundred and seventy yards or something like that. Which good for you, but. Yeah, he's just not the guy that really showed this week. And so it swung back, right? He has made progress in his play, but ultimately when it comes down to it, when you need a quarterback to be a quarterback, to manage the game, to be able to sling the ball accurately, make good decisions, he's not that dude. He's, he's, he's a running back playing quarterback. And the Giants, I guess, good job. I really going to say the Eagles lost this game more than the Giants won this game. But, Connor, you can say what you will. Uh, your prediction was wrong. They won this game. So the Eagles are 5-7. The Giants are 4-7. Watch out, Giants. Now, I did see somewhere that the Eagles and the Giants and the Jets have like six of the top ten picks this next year. So let's get frosty, right? Here we go. Let's go. Eagles and Giants, we have a little draft off. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, good news is Jalen Rager dropped two passes that would have potentially won the game. Um, and then and the internet proceeded to show me that Jalen Rager was drafted in front of, he was one pick. The Eagles had one pick. They were It was them and the Vikings. So uh, now you can probably guess who we, we drafted. You say, who's Jalen Rager? Exactly. Uh, but everyone knows who Justin Jefferson is. Yep, that's who we drafted over... Justin Jefferson. And at the time, I tried to make good with it. It was the same year we took Jalen Hurts. So, you know, we were just really, really leaning into making horrible draft choices. And uh, now Jalen Rager was a, is, is a speed demon. He was a track star at TCU. But he's not Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's the same thing. We took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. The Eagles love them. Some underperforming uh, no-name receivers instead of the obvious good choices who end up to be all pro like Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, those guys that are, you know, big fantasy pickups. You know, you don't see people arguing, trying to make trades for Jalen Rager, their fantasy. All right, that's enough complaining on that. That's my minute of fire. Don't forget to sit in your minute of fire. I didn't get one from Connor this week. Sadly, it's okay, bud. Uh, the Falcons take down the Jags in um, really a their own Hyper Bowl type of game, uh, 21 to 14. Nothing much doing there. The Jets beat the Texans in another Hyper Bowl. Lots of Hyper Bowl. Honestly, these are Hyper Bowls because these are trash teams playing each other. Jets win 21 to 14 with their generic creative player quarterback, uh, Joe Flacco. Fakest name I've ever heard. Not a real person. But we'll just keep on trucking right through it. The Chargers get taken down by the Broncos. I wasn't paying attention at all on this one. Um, the Chargers really starting to piss me off. So are the Broncos. Both of them just playing these every other games. I picked. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention my picks. I did, I picked the Houston Texan, Texans against the Jets. Bad. Big mistake. Picked the Chargers against the Broncos because they were hot. Wrong. The Broncos take them down 28 to 30. Oh, two glove Teddy over here decides to freaking show up that day. All right, look, all I want is to be able to predict it. in these games. I just want to be able to predict the winner accurately, and they're not making it easy. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but uh, <laughs> and football ignorant, but who knows? In good news, the Rams lose their third in a row to uh, make me a correct picker on this one, and the Packers won to continue to make their charge. 36 to 28 is a good game, at least. I really didn't watch like any football this week because I was so busy. Cookie day and whatnot really took me out of me. Uh, the Vikings lose to the 49ers, can, so they both are just sitting here um, being annoying. They're middle of the pack annoying, which a lot of teams are middle of the pack. 34-26, to 26, I guess San Fran was able to take them down. The Vikings don't know who they are or what they're doing. Yeah, San Fran, is, they just kind of showed up. Well, one of us will win, and that's what happened. Really being annoying. Uh, the Browns and the Ravens on Sunday night had a nice little... Duke to duke it out. Baker Mayfield, 
uh, continues to take heat and be criticized. I'm, I'm telling you, I like who are they going to bring in and be like, oh, he's not the guy. Like maybe I'm too much of a Baker Mayfield apologist, but I really don't think he's the problem. I think it's just, you're the Browns. My goodness. And honestly, a lot of the complaints were like, he's not throwing it to here or there. It's like, I'm not seeing him get adequate time in the pocket, but I don't know. Someone who maybe has more knowledge on that or is more in that fight than I am. I don't have a horse in that fight. But they lose to Baltimore 10-16, to making me a liar once again. Baltimore, I think, broke their every other um, streak, which really pissed me off as well. So, uh, lastly, we had an uneventful, basically Hyper Bowl on Monday night with uh, no Manning cast. So, no point in watching. That's why I didn't watch it. Washington and Seattle, in which Washington wins 17-15. to 15. Seattle is a straight-up dumpster fire. They are like they are like Chaz Chop that was ridiculous, crazy, and bad all around. Um, so I was in Seattle earlier this year. They are that in football form at this point. Nobody knows what's going on. I am probably going to drop Russell Wilson from my... <laughs> From my fantasy team, and I'm just realizing I forgot to hit the waiver wire last night before I went to bed, so I didn't get any of the running backs that I needed to get since Dalvin Cook is out. So let's get excited about that, folks. All right, let's just move on to next week because I'm getting depressed more and more by the moment. Okay, Thursday night, guys. Tomorrow, we've got Dallas and New Orleans. Supposedly, Taysom Hill is going to be taking the helm for New Orleans. I don't know what to make. Part of me, the Cowboys just lost. Part of me wants to, but the Saints suck right now. So it's like, I don't even know what to do. I think it's in New Orleans, though. Screw it. We're going to pick the Saints. I'm tired. I'm not going to pick against the Cowboys. I'd rather pick against the Cowboys and be wrong than pick with the Cowboys and be wrong. So you thought I might say right, but that's not true because I care about picks and pick them. So the Saints are going to take that one. Bucks, Falcons, uh, 2% have picked the Falcons. And I'm not going to join that 2%. The Bucks are going to win that one. Cardinals, Bears. All right. Uh, assuming the Cardinals, everyone's back now. There's no Colt McCoy nonsense. And people are healthy. Cardinals, yeah. Everyone agree? Okay. Okay, cool. Cardinals. 96% of us are on the same boat. Chargers, Bengals. I got to go with the Bengals. After the Chargers flopped last week and the Bengals came out so strong. It's got to be the Bengals, right? Oh my gosh. And then line up for some Hyper Bowls, folks, because that's what we got. Uh, Vikings, Lions. I mean, the Vikings should obviously win, but the Lions have played some teams close, and it's the Vikings. They're 5 and 6. Detroit Lions, 0 10 and 1. I mean, really having a solid, solid year for the draft. So I'm, I'm going to say they're going to keep it up. Then uh, Hyper Bowl number two, Giants, Dolphins. 84% pick the Dolphins. Now, I don't think it's as clear-cut. I think this is at best a 60-40 in favor of the Dolphins, but I'm not going to underestimate the ability. Um, I'm not going to oh yeah, underestimate the Dolphins' ability to screw this up or the Giants' ability to derp their way to a win. However, being an Eagles fan, I'm going to pick the Dolphins, obviously. Now, now, hold on. Let's go to Connor, see what his prediction is. They are going to lose this game. There you have it, folks. Uh, like every week, Mr. Consistent Connor sends in his prediction. And, uh, I mean, it may sound similar or the same as it is, but, I mean, if they're not very good, then they're going to lose the majority of their game. So that's just what it ends up being. So he's with me. He thinks the Dolphins are going to take down the Giants. The porpoises are going to tail whip the Giants into submission. Then uh, the Battle of the Greens, Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Jets. Now, 90% have picked the Eagles, right? People are feeling pretty confident about this. Mind you, the Jets took down the Texans last week, and the Eagles really suck. So, by that math, the Eagles are going to win, but barely. And it's either that or the Jets are going to blow them out 41 to 10. Just have a magic game. But there's no telling. It's 5 and 7 versus 3 and 8. Like, nobody's winning here. You both suck. And the Eagles are going to continue to push their way to be a 500 team. And <coughs> thanks to some trades and stuff, I think we have some good. 
chances at still still have good chances at draft picks, but in a normal year, that would be very, very bad. I either want to be horrible or I want to be great. I don't really want to be mediocre unless it's like, okay, we have to we were we were horrible. So this year we're going five hundred. Next year we're gonna be, you know, whatever. We're gonna be ten and ten and six, ten and seven, something like that. Or, you know, twelve and five. And it's like, okay, I can dig that, right? Making a Super Bowl run. But and then the Battle of the Blues, Indianapolis Colts take on the Texans. Now this one, a little bit more clear cut, but maybe, but maybe not. Don't underestimate Carson Wentz's ability to double ankle sprain or throw a couple picks late to really bring it back. Now, while he, I still think he is a way more serviceable quarterback than Jalen Hurts will ever be, I still think he, uh, he likes to get a little bit too much into the hero mode. And uh, can screw things up. But the Colts are going to win. They're at 500 right now. They'll end up 7-6. Wow, the Hyper Bowls just keep keep on giving. This is crazy. Washington and Las Vegas. 5-6 and six for 6-5. Six and five. Now, both coming off big wins for them. Uh, the Raiders, I guess, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with. I mean, the Washington football team, supposedly RG3 is releasing a book, a memoir, that's a tell-all, that's going to totally expose all the problems with that organization. As if we already didn't know that organization has a world of problems, from the cheerleader, uh, naked photo shoot, sexual misconduct uh, scandal, to the emails with John Gruden, to the drug dealing out of the training facility. Oh, but but RG3's got the real bombshells. Now, just dogpile at this point. Good for you. He saw everyone else doing it. He was like, oh, everyone else speaking up. Well, you know what? I had a problem too. This happened. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it's just like, if anyone's surprised at this point, then why? MCA. I mean, come on. What are we doing? So it's no surprise, no shock there. I'm sure it's going to be a bunch of nonsense and misconduct. Training staff was bad. Coaches were mean. Uh, maybe some shady dealings because that organization, turns out, is just uh, has a lot of problems. Head to toe. So the Raiders, I mean, not that they're much better. They're going to win this game, though. So that's who I picked. The Rams and the Jags. Now, you would say 99% you know, of us, we're going to pick the Rams. Pretty no-brainer. But the Rams, the Rams, they've been sputtered pretty hard. The Jags, they primed and ready to just come out and do like they did to the Bills. But the, I'm still going to pick the Rams because by every measurable metric, I am, uh, that is the best pick to make. I'm not, I'm not really feeling that upset, right? Now, classic rivalry game that I don't think is maybe going to be as close as we want it to be. The Ravens-Steelers. I'm going to take the Ravens. So, uh, the Steelers, I don't know what's going on there. Anyone got a lifeline to Pittsburgh? Send it in. All right. San Francisco and Seattle. Here we go. Battle on the West Coast. San Francisco, based on what we saw last week and then based on the, the, the Seahawks being featherless at this point. These 49ers, they, they, they've struck sort of some gold. They've, they've found some gold flakes in their recent panning uh, the rivers, but it's like, eh, we're not rich. We're able to eat this week. Denver and Kansas City. So here's the thing. 92% of pick Kansas City because, you know, the overwhelming favorite. But Denver, don't underestimate their ability to piss you off and win. I'm still going to pick Kansas City. It's an arrowhead. So that's a big advantage. So that's who we'll go with. And then that's Sunday night. And then on Monday, which I think Monday night Manning, I hope Monday night Manning's coming back for this. We actually have a battle, a division battle. This this will be one to watch, folks. New England takes on Buffalo. And uh, both, it's 8-4 and four versus 7-4. 57% have picked the Bills because it's in Buffalo. Bills Mafia showing out. But. Ah, those Patriots. I don't know. I don't know which way I'm going. I'm talking through this right now. Look, the Bills had a good kind of rejuvenation week. The Patriots have only built momentum. They're firing on all cylinders. Uh, so what do I trust in? Do I trust in the Patriots system more or the Bills breaking the mold and actually taking them down? I don't know. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a follower here. Peer pressure. 57% pick the Bills. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. I think the Bills win here, but 
playoffs, the Patriots will win? Question mark? I don't know. That's my pick. So uh, if you want to join the picks and pick them, the invite link is in the description. You can check that out. Uh, it was a wild, wild week of sports, and college football is coming to its uh, climax, if you will, uh, if it were a story. And it's going to be we're coming to the apex there of the college football season. Championship week is upon us. It's going to be real exciting. I'm I'm pumped to watch it. See how this pans out. Pull for OSU. What do you want your the college football playoff? What do you want that to look like this year? Who do you pull for? And if that isn't the same as your prediction for what you think will happen, like with is me with so many cases, let me know. And. Also, any uh, any thoughts? If you want to send in your minute of fire for your team, college or pro, uh, send, feel free to send that in. We've had a couple from uh, from Josh, a Raiders fan, Connor, the Giants fan. I usually give my minute of fire about the Eagles. So please send in your minute of fire. We'll play it right here live on the episode, and you'll get to um, vent all your problem, all air out all your grievances against your team, or sing all your praises because fire can be good, keep you warm, keep you alive, cook a good meal. Also can burn down an entire city, state, civilization. So can be good. So it could be minute of fire of praise if you're a Patriots fan that, yeah, the system works. We don't need Tom. Bill Belichick's the greatest, you know, kind of thing. He's wicked awesome. I don't know why I was talking like that. Yo, Billy, Billy Belichick is wicked awesome. All right, we're going to go down. We're going to get some clam chowder, orange. You know, we, we, we like to eat oranges. How's I say? That's a horrible Boston accent. All right. I should probably end the episode there. Remember to keep it PDFG. Thank you so much for being part of the Hanyang Court. If you're new here, joining the Hanyang Court, make sure to go check out all my other episodes. We've got a full week this week talking some serious stuff, talking some fun stuff. We've got doses of weird, doses of truth and culture. Um, I don't know what to call those. I don't really like calling them doses of truth, but it's kind of what they are. So remember to like, uh, Follow, go to the website, follow us on all social medias to keep up. Be on the lookout for two videos, Carvana, but more excitingly, the Cookie Day breakdown and recap so you, you can all see what it takes to bake uh, a couple thousand cookies in a single day uh, with our family, a new tradition that I, I think more families should do. I think it's awesome, and it's one of the best ones. We have Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Cookie Day. Um, so we actually have three holidays this time of year. What do you have? Yeah, that's right. My family is better than yours, all right, objectively speaking. So we, we decided to make another holiday because we love each other so much. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, no, but all good fun. Remember to send in any and all thoughts. You can email the show. You can send in a voice memo, whatever you want to do. That does it for the sports episode of the Reverend Viking Podcast. We'll see you right here tomorrow. This is your head, Hanyak, signing off. <laughs>